Hello, welcome back. Guys, I have been absent. I've been gone. I've been away from the podcast and I know I've just been a shitbag. I'm the toxic ex that you can't let go of, right? Well, here's the thing. Mama's been going through it and I'm not going to get into detail or anything. I'm not going to give you the sob story as to what's been going on, but mentally I've been struggling and I am halfway blaming that on fucking meat prep. I swear every single time like I get to like four, three or four weeks out and I'm like, I'm never competing again. This is bullshit. I'm done. I'm never doing this again. And then I hit the platform and I do all these cool things and I'm like... (laughs) oh yeah, this is why I fucking do this. And it's a like continuous toxic cycle that just keeps going. However, my body is responding wonderful to this prep outside of the mental struggle, which my goddess of a coach is holding my hand and walking me through. And so it's going to be fine. Everything's fine. We're three weeks out from Kansas City Built Strong uh, Special Olympic Championship. So the first day, is um like capped at 60 lifters I think and the second day is reserved especially for our special Olympian athletes and I'm really excited we did a fundraiser like all of this is about to go down in three and a half weeks so many people have put their hands into this and have like worked their ass off to make this day happen and I'm more excited to watch the special Olympics day than I am to like necessarily even compete myself so that's on the calendar we're three weeks out we're cooking, steamrolling, everything's going. Guys, there are some really, really big things happening for deadlifts and daddy issues that are in the works right now. We're talking about an official logo. We're talking about a merch line. We're talking about an actual intro that isn't me trying to figure out how to start a podcast. We're talking about like Um, starting a Patreon and there being like the live recording that goes on there. We're talking about a Twitch stream that makes money, like all of this stuff. I'm talking super fast. But anyways, I have not just given up on this podcast. So there's just so much going into it right now, like a merch line. Like I'm like, this is taken off enough to have a merch line. Like that's crazy. So anyways, today's episode um, is going to be a two-parter and this is Kim Um, I am going to probably butcher her last name, but I believe it is pronounced Kim Mossberg. Is that even close? I don't know. Kim, I should have asked you. I'm so sorry. But, um, this is her sharing her story. So let me tell you that here's your trigger warning. Okay. She talks about losing her spouse. Um, she talks about cancer and the surgery and everything that she went through with that. Eating disorders are mentioned. Self-harm is mentioned. Like there are, this is a very deep episode. It is a very deep two-part episode, but Kim Kim was brave and she got on here and she shared her story and when we got done recording, she told me if I help one person, that's all I want. I just want to be able to help one person with this story and I think, I know that it's going to help way more than one. Um, So that's just my quick spiel. I really want to save the rest of the time of this for Kim. Um, So here is part one to Kim and her story. Okay, so Kim, we've only tried to do this for like three months. (laughs) and I have our notes pulled up here so I'm just gonna kind of let you like not see all the crummies on my um, computer I'm gonna let you just kind of like take over and so Kim is with us today to like really just share her story and like who she is and um obviously she's a part of Fortress I think I mentioned that last week um but like her life story it's super inspiring and she gave me like the cliff notes and I'm already, like, super interested, and it was just the Cliff Notes version. So, like, you have full control. Just go with whatever. Um, if you ever get into anything at any point where you're like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have said that, like, just let me know when I go back and save all this. I can edit it out. Um, 
I know some of this can be heavy, so if any time you need a breather, just, like, say that and we can step back for a minute. If you need to, like, go do something and come back, totally can. I have nothing else going on for the rest of the day, so. Aces. Sounds good. It's your floor, girlfriend. Okay, so I'm sure that most people, you know, know that I'm on this weight loss journey. If they hadn't figured it out by, like, last week when the man told me about how I needed to lose weight on my squat video... Um, Mm -hmm. then they figured it out then because there was, I think a hundred comments on that post, um, with that particular gentleman going back and forth. So that's fun. I hope he feels like this big for the rest of his life. Well, you know, I mean, you don't get to tell women what to do about their bodies, but that's a conversation for a different day. I also hope he stubs his big toe like every single day as soon as he wakes up. Somebody said that they hoped a seagull pooped on his head. You know, either one yeah. is fine with me. Like, let's let's go. Um, but so I've always been athletic. I grew up um, swimming competitively from the time I was six right on straight up um, through high school. Uh, played volleyball, played softball. Was never, like, a skinny girl. Um, Was never a small child. um, Ever. I was born and I was nine pounds something. So, like, never little. Um, Never, like, super heavy. Um, Not as a kid anyway. Bigger than average. Um, And so, you know, for my grandma in particular, that was, like, a point of... It was just a point point that was a bothering thing for her. Um, Mm -hmm. Love my grandma. Uh, you know, she, she was a wonderful lady, matriarchal family. Um, when I was 15, she insisted that mom and I go with her to Weight Watchers. So at 15, going to Weight Watchers, you know, is probably not a great idea for a 15 year old. And so I went and I got down to, I want to say 175 pounds and I'm five, nine and I've been five, nine since I was in high school. So, you know, tall, We, we are my family is big. We are big people. I have cousins yeah. who are legitimately seven feet tall. So like, Holy cow. right. We, I'm one of the shorter girls in my family at five, nine, right. um, not small people, 175 pounds playing sports. Um, and my goal was 169 pounds. And no matter what I did, I couldn't break 175. So, oh. you know, we start feeling like we can't, like, I can't do anything. Like I'm, incapable of reaching this this goal that actually is an unattainable goal for me but that's a different you know point so stopped Weight Watchers and had a boy who I was seeing who ran away from home and like like ran away from home to like Iowa from Virginia so like ran far far away from home yeah um and like I it had nothing to do with me um, at all, but my 16 year old brain at this point is like, if I was prettier, if I was thinner, maybe this guy would have stayed. Stupid girls, stupid brains, stupid boys, all of that. Um, so I started gaining weight and I graduated high school and this was like, that was the summer between my sophomore, you turned 16 your sophomore year, you turned 16. Yes, you yeah. turned six in your sophomore year. So it was a summer between my sophomore and my junior year in high school. My senior year in high school, graduated from high school about 320 pounds. So I had gained from 170 to 320 in the span of two years, year and a half, whatever, something like that. Yeah. Two years, like, we'll say. Went off to college and 
so you have to understand with my family, my family is Catholic. Um, so my dad has six siblings in him. So there's seven. My mom has five siblings in her. So there's six. So big family, right. um, Italian on one side, Irish on the other, lots of family gatherings, lots of food at all said gatherings. Um, constantly as being the, the, the biggest one there, um, there are people looking at you, slow down what you're eating. Are you sure you want to eat that? Do you want to really do that? Are you sure that you want another helping? Like all well-meaning. I understand that. Like I, none right. of it was done with malice or with ill intention. And I, you know, I want that to be very clear that it, it, I know that my family all my whole life has been wanting to support me and help me and, and right. maybe going about it the wrong way. Yeah. But that was never, the intention was never to be mean. Well, or- and I think that a lot of people don't understand, you know, there's, they say things because they love you and they want to help you, but they don't understand how hurtful that what they're saying is because they're not dealing with it. Right. Or and so, and I think they've went through something a tad bit similar that, oh, well, this is what I did. So it should work for you. I don't think people realize like how different every single human body is. And with that, how different every brain is. And so just because someone said something to you that worked doesn't mean that it's going to help somebody else. Right. Like my aunt would tell me, chew 20 times. When I chew my food 20 times before I swallow it, it helps me get full faster. Really? I mean, my dog hurt. <laughs> right? Like, okay, if I could chew a bunch of times and that's going to make me feel fuller, like, let's go. No, it doesn't work. And so again, like, I'm feeling like there is something wrong with me because... Mm-hmm. I, they're saying I should be full. I'm not full. I don't feel full. Like, I don't feel satiated. I don't feel like I've eaten anything. I know that I have because I've seen what I've consumed, but I don't feel like there's, there's no feeling of fulfillment. There's no sensor in my brain that there's a, that's supposed to be telling me, hey, stop, stop, stop. You're full. I could go to buffets and eat, just eat and eat and eat. I could go get a half a dozen donuts and eat them all. And I'm yeah. not talking like a glazed donut. I'm talking like a Boston cream filled 400 calorie donut and go eat six of them in the span of 30 minutes and not feel full. A box of cereal gone and not feel full. Yeah. So I'm thinking there's something wrong with me. Like, where's my willpower? Why can I not stop? And and I, I just couldn't. So anyway, I go off to college and I go away. Not far, far away, but away enough. So I'm living on campus and I can just eat with freedom and without people like looking at me and saying anything. Cause my friends, I mean, they may have cared, but they didn't, it wasn't something that we talked about. Right. Yeah. And so I didn't eat, like I would get salads. I would get baked chicken. I wasn't eating like gallons of ice cream. Now it's not to say I wasn't eating ice cream. Cause come on, you're in college, you're eating ice cream, you're drinking, like, let's be real. Um, yeah. But I would, I would eat and I would eat and I would eat and I would eat to the point where I was, I would then feel sick. Um, mm-hmm. Same with drinking. Like I could drink and drink and drink and drink. And this buzz that people would talk about, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Cause I'll just drink and I'll drink and I'll take shots. And then I'll be like throwing up because I just don't, right. there's no buzz. Like I, I missed the, the whole point of like drinking to excess where you get this happy buzz. Yeah, I know that that did not ever occur in my life, which is why I choose not to drink now. Um, for the yeah. most part, every once in a while. Irrelevant. Sorry. <laughs> um, no, don't be sorry. So anyway, in college, um, my eating, 
led me to get to 425 pounds, 400 pounds, maybe 425, somewhere in there. I don't know. Um, when I got to what number is, is kind of all fuzzy. Um, but I also started cutting. Um, and I would cut not to be like suicidal, but I would cut to just feel something different. Yeah. Um, it, it was a way to, to feel shame for something other than, than eating. Yeah. I um, that. Eating in excess. And I finished college and I finished grad school right back to back. Um, got my master's degree in elementary education, came back home to start teaching. And um, there had been like guys that I had liked in college, but when you're 400 pounds, lots of people just don't even like, they're not interested in talking to you. Yeah. Um, because despite as much body positivity as there is out there now, I'm almost 40. And so this was 20, not quite years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody was interested in talking to somebody my size. Then I was friends with everybody. Right. Nobody wanted to date me. So I came home and I joined, um, I joined match.com and I started teaching and I continued to eat how I wanted to. Um, I was more active because I was teaching. And when you're teaching, you're up on your feet and you're moving around and you're elementary school, you're potentially chasing kids and right you know whatever so i'm doing these things i go on a couple dates i'm like forget this and i go to close out my account and joe messages me and i tell him you know what i've decided i'm gonna take a break from guys like i'm not interested and he's like well you just said you moved back here from college let's meet up anyway and we can just like hang out and i was like okay like i didn't really have a whole bunch of friends here all my friends are up in northern virginia because that's where i went to college and sure okay cool so we met on December 22nd, 2006, and we were engaged five months after that. Um, um, five months and three days, actually. And he proposed May 25th, 2007. And I'm an Aries, because I know you talk about signs and stuff. And like <laughs> Aries, one of the things that um, my sister and I recently were talking about is that when they know something, they know it. Like yeah. it. Uh, especially about people like I will know that you're my friend or that you're somebody that I just am not gonna mix with that way like mm-hmm. pretty fast I knew with Joe that I was going to marry him two weeks maybe maybe a month. Oh. um and so we had a long engagement because I was just finishing up college and I was not um independently wealthy as <laughs> School. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, so you saved up our money to get married. And, um, you know, I think it was him loving me at 425 pounds that gave me the wherewithal, the courage, the whatever to be like, I don't have to be this size. Like, I think I got to that size to protect myself. Mm-hmm. I think that may have been part of it. I don't know. I haven't like... I've done some therapy. I haven't done enough to go all the way back to why I got up there. And I don't know that the why necessarily matters at this point because it's in the past and it's already happened and it's, and we've moved past it. Yeah. Um, well, and you may not just have one why you may have several different whys and those could have changed, you know, month to month or year to year. But like you said, it's, it's beyond who you are now. So maybe it's not even relevant at this point in your life. Um, and if it became relevant again, then I'd want to ex- explore it, but I, I right. don't see that being a, a thing. So 
Anyway, I woke up and I remember this. I woke up January 1st, 2008. Joe and I got married in 2009. So we were not married yet, um, but we were engaged. Um, we'd been together a year. And I woke up that morning and I looked at him and I said, I have got to lose some weight or I'm going to die. And he looked at me and he was a, Joe before cancer was a very large man. Our son was 11 pounds and seven ounces when he was born. So like we, we were all were big people. Mm -hmm. um, and he looked at me, he was like, you're not gonna make me go on a diet, are you? And I said, this has nothing to do with you. This is about me. Yeah. Um, thanks for checking. And he's like, well, I support you. You know, I like, I love you just how you are. You don't have to do anything. I said, I appreciate that, but I'm going to die if I don't change something. So it's time to make some changes. And I started, I started going to the little teeny tiny gym, like apartment gym. Cause I was yeah. scared to go to a regular gym. Um, even though I've been athletic my whole life, I had swam my whole life. I had played volleyball and softball in high school. I had um, done ultimate frisbee in college at 400 pounds. Like, it's not like I was stagnant and sitting and, and doing nothing. Right. I, I would go to the gym with my friends. Like, we would go and we would not lift, but lift. Like, we would go and do stuff at the gym. Um, I enjoyed working out, so but I was scared. So I went to the little apartment gym for a little bit. And then I joined, right before I turned 25, um, I joined the gym down the street. I could walk there from my apartment. And um, my parents went there. And so, like, oh. I knew the space. I was familiar with the company because I had worked for that company when I was in high school. I felt comfortable there yeah, as far yeah, as yeah. You know, jumping into a gym. And when you joined that gym, you got three for free personal training sessions. Um, and so I said, okay, let's see how this goes. And I met my first trainer, Sheila O'Malley. Um, and she, I was probably 385 at this point. I had dropped a significant amount of, of weight, mm -hmm. significant for, you know, on your own or whatever. And I remember being like, this girl is going to look at me and not want like, and be like, okay, um, let's go do something that you would put like the, the leg, the, the, the people who are heavier and PT, the things that they have to do. And she's going to look at me and think that I need to do those things. And she's like, let's go try the leg press. And so we got on like, you know, the, the machine leg press, it only goes up to like <clears throat> 400 pounds and I max it out. And she looks at me and she goes, holy fuck, you're strong. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I like you. <laughs> um, so we, that was, that was it for me. Like that moment, like 15 years later, that was the moment that I was like, I am strong. Let's do something with this. Like, so we started lifting. I started going and working with her two or three times a week. Um, uh, Joe and I got married. I got down to about 300 pounds when we were married. So at that point, I lost 125 pounds, right? We got married July 25th, 2009. And after you get married, after I got married, both times after I've gotten married, I, um, I've gained a little bit of weight just because you're figuring things out. You're typically pretty happy. Um, right. you know, like not much, maybe 15 pounds was back up to 315. And in February, Joe had a stroke and he was 34 at that point. So I'm 26. Was I 26? Yes, I was 26. He was 34 and he had a stroke. 34 year old men who are generally pretty healthy don't have strokes. Right. They can figure out a reason for him to have, have had this stroke. It was minor. Mm -hmm. Um, he just lost a little bit of his, um, dexterity on the left side of his body so you know we did some pt um i helped him make some better food choices he seemed to be fine in april of 2010 
I remember I went up to Northern Virginia to help a friend. It was the first weekend I had gone anywhere since Joe's stroke. And I went up to help a friend with um, moving. And Joe texts me and he goes, I am in terrible pain. Something is going wrong in my belly. And I'm like, okay. And it was right after tax day. Because that year on tax day, Subway had had a buy one, get one free foot long. Oh, and he had gone and had these subs at Subway and he hadn't been eating stuff like that. And I'm like, maybe it's just the subs. Like they, they didn't sit well in your stomach. You ate something stupid. Like you've been eating all this good stuff. And then you went and ate some not so good stuff. And your belly's right. like rebelling. Yeah. Um, you know, and you know how that is. You eat something that's maybe not the best after you've been eating really, really super. I'll say I do that now. <laughs> right. And then your stomach's like, mm, wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so he, um. His mom and his sisters were local. And I was like, call your sister and see if she can come help you or get over to your mom. See if she can help you. I'll be home tomorrow. And he was like, okay. So then his sister calls me the next day and she's like, we're at urgent care. And I'm like, okay. And so they're like, he's just constipated. He'll be fine. Here's some medicine. We're going to try and like flush everything through. He'll be fine. I was like, okay. But in your gut, you know how you know when something's just not right. Yeah. I'm like, mm, something right here. And so that was Saturday and Sunday we went home and I went out to mow the grass and I gave him red Gatorade and I said, drink some of this, you know, while you're trying to like, cause your stomach's still not feeling great. Gatorade is, is the thing that in ginger ale, you know, <laughs> born in the eighties and nineties, it's Gatorade and ginger ale. Oh, absolutely. So, um, gave him some red Gatorade, went out and mowed the grass, came back in after I mowed the backyard and checked on him and he had thrown up. And it was black, like tar. Red Gatorade, red Gatorade does not equal black. Right. And so I said, put some clothes on. We're going to the ER. And he goes, but we were just at urgent care yesterday. Doctor said, I'm fine. I said, Joe, put some clothes on. We're going to the ER. And he looked at me. And like I said earlier, I have Irish and Italian background. And he just kind of looked at me. He goes, I'm not going to win. I said, he said, okay. So <laughs> off we went to the emergency room. And we get there. And they're like, he's just constipated. I said, mm-mm. No, they did that yesterday. We're going to scan his belly and I'm not leaving until you do. Yeah. And they said, well, we don't need to. I said, no, <laughs> you are going to do a CT scan of his belly and I'm not leaving this hospital until it's done. And then Joe's older sister was friends with somebody in HR for the hospital. And so I was like, I can get person X on the phone in the next 10 minutes. And they looked at me and I said, you want to keep your job? You go scan my husband. Yeah. And I'm so sorry that I had to like pull all these cards. But they're like, well, what about insurance? Joe was black. And I'm like, look here, friends. We have insurance. Yeah. I have the insurance. I have a job. He has something going wrong with him. Please go scan his stomach and find out what it is. So finally, after like, and this is not even an over-exaggeration of what happened. Like after having to go through all of these hoops finally take him to do a CT scan and then they bring him back and then they come in and they say, we're going to admit him. And I look at them and I say, Oh, is it that oh. funny? And they're like, yeah, there's something blocking his, his colon. And I'm like, Oh, honey. Yeah. That's... <laughs> they're like, we're actually going to have to do a procedure to put an NG tube down his, his nose, uh, down his throat, through his nose to, to start like relieving his guts because he's, he, nothing can go through. And so Everything that he's consumed is like backing up. Oh so we need goodness. to get it out some way because it can't go through. Right. We've got to suck it back out this way. 
So they put the NG tube down his nose. Um, and I did not stay in the room for that. And I'm really glad that I did not. Yeah. Because it was difficult enough to just be outside while that was happening. So they put the NG tube down his nose, spends the night at the hospital. And the next day, the first doctor we see is an oncologist. And I'm like, oh, so blocking colon equals tumor. But you didn't want to tell me that last night. Right. So they're like, well, we don't know for sure that it's a tumor. But typically blockages like this are cancer. And I'm like, okay, bear in mind, we've been married for nine months. Yeah. At this point. I'm 26 years old, 27 years old now. So, and you know how they tell you, like, when you get married, you have plans for your life mm-hmm. and like the way things are going to go. And so in that moment, I was like, well, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't what I had planned. Yeah, but, exactly. um, so anywho, the, the surgeon comes, the other surgeon, the colorectal surgeon comes and sees us later in the day. And he's like, we're going to do a sigmoidoscopy, which is a relative to the colonoscopy. Um, and see what we can see from from up to where the tumor is. And then based on what we see, we'll know if it is a tumor or if there is like something else that's going on. I'm like, what else could possibly be going on? Right. He's like, well, there's a couple different options, but we'll go over that when we like, when we see what's going on. I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm, you know, I don't have any background in medicine. So they go and they scan him and they come back and they're like, well, it's definitely a tumor. And then surprise he has juvenile polyposis syndrome um this surgeon had been doing colorectal surgeries in fact he was like the big wig in my area had never seen an actual case of juvenile polyposis syndrome in real life only in like like studies Mm -hmm. so your entire gi tract is covered with polyps and if you know anything about like gi tracts and colons and things a polyp one is a big deal he had hundreds of thousands oh wow so Instead of your colon being really smooth on the inside, it looked like mountains and ridges, the whole thing. So he's like, so we're going to have to take out the tumor and his whole colon. And he said, we're going to reconnect him internally. He's not going to have a bag. And, and, and then we'll go from there. And I'm like, okay. He's like, and we can do this laparoscopically. So they pulled his colon out through his belly button. Um, I mean, which is pretty cool. Right. Yeah. So they did the surgery on Wednesday. One of my very good friends was getting married that Saturday. I was in the wedding. Friday, they call a medical response team and Joe gets moved to the ICU. So I have to call my friend whose wedding I was supposed to be in and be like, I'm really sorry, but I am not going to be there tomorrow. Like I, yeah. I cannot leave the hospital. That Saturday, they told me not to leave the hospital because they did not expect him to make it through the day. Um, like, in fact, after the fact, they told me the fact that he survived was a miracle, period, because he was septic. And they had put him on every medication they could to try and bring his blood pressure up. And it was not coming up. Um, he, he shouldn't have survived. Mm-hmm. But he did. And um, so after a month in the hospital and a week in rehab, he came home. And we went through chemo. And I gained a bunch of weight. Because my, my thing when emotions are high has always been to eat. Yeah. And so I ate. And I didn't eat like... Like we've said before, that full button doesn't exist. So I just ate. We, we just ate. Yeah. And I got back up to like 370 pounds. And then Joe was in the clear. And so I started losing weight again. And I got back down to like 290-ish, maybe. I don't know. Somewhere around there. And we decided we really wanted to start a family. And Joe was given it all clear. And then we had to go through infertility treatments. Because when you've had cancer and chemo and surgery, not everything... It is easy. Right. Yeah. As far as 
having children and I had PCOS as well. So polycystic ovarian syndrome. So I had female factors as, as well. But we went through fertility treatments and got very lucky um, on our very first um, treatment. We got pregnant with Joe. And so obviously, you know, gained weight during my pregnancy, high risk pregnancy. Um, Doctors told me because they took a look at me, they took a look at my weight and they said, oh, you're high risk. You cannot exercise during your pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And I said, what? What? (laughs) What? Because through everything, even though I had gained weight, I had continued to exercise. Because right. like I said, once Tila had said that you're strong piece to me, I, I have not stopped exercising since then. They're like, you can't get your heart rate up of, over 100 beats per minute. Okay. So I, I took walks while I was pregnant. Had my son. Joe was doing fine. Started doing like crossfit type-ish mm-hmm. um, workouts with Jungle Gym, which is a local, um, not CrossFit, but H-I-I-T-ish. Yeah, we have that here. They call it Epoch. So yeah, that, that, and, um, great community. Love the people in Jungle Gym. Um, love them a lot. When Joey was, let me think. So when he was two and a half, um, Joe's CEA hormone started going up, which is a cancer indicator hormone. Mm-hmm. And they had been scoping him and scanning him and checking him for, for forever. I mean, since the, since the first round, <laughs> they couldn't find a tumor. I said, well, can't we just do chemo to, See if we can knock the thing down. The, right. the hormone's going up. So clearly there is something that is growing somewhere. Like, and they're like, no, until we find the team tumor, we can't treat it. And so I'm like, okay. So that was in 2015, May. Mm-hmm. March 2016, we went in for his normal um scan scope with his doctor, his surgeon who had done the the um colo colectomy. Colectomy. Um, and he had, had a Joe had, had a PET scan because he had one of those annually too. Yeah. Um, the week before. And Dr. Fitzharris came in and he said, PET scan wasn't great. I said, so they found a tumor. He said, yeah. He said, well, we don't know that it's a tumor, but it's a spot that wasn't there before. And it's lighting up like a tumor test. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, at least we know that we can, we can move forward from here and, and figure things out. And so March 25th, 2016, Joe was diagnosed officially with stage four colon cancer. Um, it was good Friday. And, um, I sing and I'm Catholic. And so Good Friday is a church day um, right, yeah. for us. And I just remember going to the doctor's appointment with Joe. He had just run um, the Shamrock 8K the week before, mm-hmm. like ran the whole thing. He's like, how do I have cancer? I just ran an 8K. I feel great. I'm the healthiest I've been in my whole life. Right. And um, he was, I, you know, I listened to what the doctor was saying because he was not, able to do that at that appointment. And then I went to church and I could not tell you one single thing about the church service other than I cried the whole time. Yeah, I'm sure. I like couldn't get up off the floor crying. I don't do that. I don't cry in front of people. Like that's yeah. one of the things that I, I just don't, I didn't cry at his funeral. <laughs> um, spoiler. spoiler. <laughs> um, I, 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 I don't, I don't cry in, in, in front of people. That's just, I just don't. Yeah. Um, couldn't stop because the options that were given presented to us were for Joe to do nothing, um, slow growing tumor. So, you know, he'd have a few years to do chemotherapy for the rest of his life, small dose, but chemo for forever. Yeah. Which I knew he was not going to pick to do or to do very aggressive chemo and then have a very big surgery to try and kill it completely. 
And so Joe, after he had time to, to think about it, uh, chose the third option. He was not a man who would have wanted to live anything other than a very full life. Right. Um, and living with, doing nothing was never going to be a choice for him. Um, doing chemo for the rest of his life wasn't a real choice for him. Yeah. And then uh, doing, doing the third option was, was it. That was it. That was the choice. So he went through um, extremely aggressive chemo. Um, it knocked him out, flat out, for the weekends that he was on it. Um, but when I talk about Jungle Gym and how much I love the people in there, um, I remember for his first treatment, so colon cancer, the color is blue. Royal blue mm-hmm. is, is the color for colon cancer. I walked in. And I did 5 a.m. Jungle Gym when I did Jungle Gym. So we were up we, early morning. Woo! Yeah. Um, it takes a Gross. special breed of person. To do <laughs> and it was every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, five days a week, 5 a.m. In the gym, kicking butt. That's why I don't eat during my workouts now, because I'm so trained to doing um, these other ones. So funny story, Kim was water loading um, for this meat that she was in the weekend, like after we had recorded. And so there are two potty breaks in our session, like in our interview, and they make it perfect for me to stop the recording there and make that the end to part one. Um, again, Kim, thank you so much for being a part of Deadlifts and Daddy Issues and being brave and vulnerable and sharing your story here um, with me and with all of the people that listen. You are an incredible human being and I think the absolute world of you. And I want to publicly thank Kim because she has held my hand the last two or three weeks getting through meat prep and getting through some things that have popped up in my life. She texts me literally every day like checking on me, seeing how I feel, what's going on. Like Kim is a saint and I am so, so, so grateful to have her in my corner and in my circle. Um, Okay, so that's part one. Part two is going to post it sometime this week. And then me and Val have been recording a lot lately. So funny story, I hate, I fucking hate recording episodes on my own. And so every time Val gets a free minute, we just get on, go on rants together, and then boom, post it and it's great. I... If you have suggestions for an episode, hit my Instagram DMs. Let me know. I'm getting better about checking them. I actually have zero Instagram notifications right now, which is the best feeling in the world. Don't ask me about my text messages. Don't ask me about Snapchat. Don't ask me about my emails. We'll get to those. But Instagram, I keep up with. So if you have suggestions for an episode, if you have a topic that you would like us to talk about, me, Val, a guest suggestion, slide in my DMs. Let me know. Okay, guys, I hope you have the best fucking week ever. As always, it is main character energy only here at Deadlifts and Daddy Issues. That is the way we live our life. It is your world, baby, and everybody else is just living in it. I love you. Have the best week ever, and I will see you on the next episode. See you, hear you, be with you, whatever the correct answer to that is, okay? Love ya. Bye.